Hi, this is Maurice LaMarche, and uh, that name will mean nothing to you, nor the sound of my voice, unless I become the brain from TV's Pinky in the Brain, or Calculon, the star of all my circuits from Futurama. Oh, uh, he is a bottle, so from Futurama. Puny human, this is Morbo the Newscaster. On tonight's news, you're listening to Still Toking With on the Dorkening Podcast Network. I will destroy you. Hey, happy Wednesday, everybody. So y'all expected Leo, but yeah, he's, um, I think he's on vacation again or some shit. I don't know. Oh, but, no, no. He's, he's, he's getting, he's busy, man. He's getting ready for uh, an event coming up this weekend, isn't he? I don't know. Why don't you tell me about it? Isn't it uh Terrificon? Isn't that, isn't that coming up this weekend? Oh, is that what it is? I thought he was on friggin' vacation again, as usual. Well, again? Oh, no, no wait, no, 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 no wait, no, wait. That's usually you and me. Well, you but, just got back from vacation. That's right. I am back from vacation, but what we have a hell of a show tonight. I mean, this gentleman has been in the industry for a long time and has done just about everything. And from what yeah, I we've tried to get him on a couple of times already. Right. And from what I understand, we're he's finally walking, pulling it off. He's a walking encyclopedia of knowledge to boot. So, with that being said, yeah, well, you know, you heard the voice in your head, and there it is. Right, right, right. I'm wearing my grumpy because people call me <laughs> grumpy nowadays. I don't know why. Do I look grumpy? Yeah, you look grumpy. Do Actually, I, yes. I, I'm, I'm sure you're a nice guy, but you do look grumpy. Yeah, there's a smile. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that voice you heard in your head, uh, yeah, you've heard that, numerous yeah, times yeah. on different shows. Yes. But before we bring in our guest... Celebrity guest, legendary celebrity guest. We right. have another. We have another person here with us this evening that's filling in for me because I'm filling in for Leo, and that so is filling in for me. Hey, hey, happy Wednesday! <laughs> I'm filling in for you since you're filling in for Ben, and Ben's filling in for Leo, and Leo has taken on the role of both you guys on vacation. Oh, there I like you go. That. I like yeah, that. Yeah. And because right, you, that works, and because you wanted to be like that, uh, I'm going to let you introduce the guest. Oh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Maryland, he's been in tons from Greece to War Games to the Polar Express. He's a Beatles super fan, and he is Mr. Eddie Deason. Yay! Hey. It's yeah. great to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. And as far as being an encyclopedia of knowledge, in certain areas, I am. But as Mark Twain so aptly said, we're all ignorant, only in different areas. I know nothing about, you know, lesbianism or stuff like that, but I know the Beatles. I'm learning. I know uh, old-time baseball, stuff like that I know. Right. <laughs> right. Buddhist prayers, I know nothing about, stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> so you're well, not welcome. really an encyclopedia. You're one volume depending on the subject. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, there's probably a bunch of different letters in there, though. So, you know, A through T. Right. <laughs> A through T. Yeah. I'm not even going to ask. I'm not even going to TNA, you know? TNA. No? Okay. No. We, we won't go there yet. <laughs> yeah, this is what happens That's why when... I did the show. I heard you were going to talk about that extensively. <laughs> extensively well yes. yeah i mean you know sometimes that happens question yeah. first question yes. this is the you have the coolest beginning of any podcast i've ever done i swear to god why is my name spelled d-e-e-z there's no e-n that's i see d-e-e-z 
Oh, there's definitely an EN at the yeah, end. Yeah, there's an EN there. There's an EN. Oh, we just can't see it. Yeah, just can't see it. Oh, like, it, okay. It's it's because the phone cuts off part of it. Oh, okay. But yeah, on the broadcast, it's it's all there. You're okay. all there, Eddie. <laughs> I thought you maybe we, so, you know, as we got older, you were losing letters as we lose our minds. Yes, right, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> well, that brings me to my first question because sure. you said the EN the EN was cut off, but I read something about you actually change it. Or you have an alternate name with AN? Is that correct? No, that was a mistake. Some film I did, look it up. I'm not sure which one. One film has, we were, we, I know it's Zapped. Zapped is the only movie I did with, that has me built as Ed Deezen. And one film has me built D-E-E-Z-A-N. It's just a misprint. But my name is spelled D-E-E-Z-E-N. I was born okay. D-E-Z-E-N, Edward Harry Deezen. And, but uh, people would see it and they always go, Dezen. It's pretty, you know, but it's pronounced Deezen, but it looks like Dezen. So I'd be introduced to the comedy clubs. They go, and here he is, Eddie Dezen. No, no, it's Deezen. So Deezen looks like Deezen, and so I added the extra E. Okay, that makes sense. You, go, you could have like added an I. That would have done it, too, but then they would have called you Dizen. Dizen, you're right, yes. So that was a, that was a no-win situation right there. So yes. good choice on the double E. Yeah. Right, right. Oh, crap, I get a <laughs> click over here. I'm supposed to be doing Leo's job over here, and I forgot to bring up all the comments that are already popping in. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Oh, wow. God. So, well, you, I've done. Go ahead, go ahead, Jaja. I, I, I was wondering, Eddie, I, I've watched you know, a lot of interviews with you, and I'm in prep for this. Uh, uh, I heard you've actually thrown up in a famous toilet. Yes. 1941, I spent the entire film. By the way, I have to ask you how you got the name Jar Jar after I tell this anecdote. <laughs> I imagine it's Jar Jar Binks, right? Uh, Jeremy, actually. Yeah, but just from jar. Somebody but, gets called but, jar short or what? Uh, they call me Jar Jar just because. Uh, just from uh, Jeremy. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Jar Jar Binks, so uh -huh. it became a, a nickname. Uh, I don't know. Okay. 10 years ago. I gotcha. Okay. Anyway, 1941. If you see the movie, I spend pretty much the entire film on a Ferris wheel with Murray Hamilton's my partner, the the mayor from Jaws. You know Murray's great actor. Mm -hmm. He was in The Hustler. Great guy and my dummy. I'm a ventriloquist and I have my dummy up there. Anyway, we have a scene of there. Steven Spielberg, the director, had the whole film, the whole city of L.A. built in miniatures. So there's a little miniature Ferris wheel of me. Now, there's a big climactic scene at the end where I get shot down by John Belushi and their Ferris wheel rolls off. Now, a lot of that can be done fake with miniatures. The Ferris wheel rolls off. But because it's Steven Spielberg, he had a whole Ferris wheel and we literally were spinning the Ferris wheel. So Steven had the Ferris wheel spinning at top speed. Now, I get bad motion sickness and I have the distinction of being the only actor in history. Three of my first four films I've thrown up in. <laughs> this, is, this is number three of the four. I threw up in Greece and I threw up in I Want to Hold Your Hand, but we'll get to that. But anyway, I get shot down by John Belushi and the Ferris wheel spinning around and around and around. And I go, Stephen, please stop. He stopped it. So Stephen calls me down. I go, Stephen, I feel nauseous. He goes, go lay in my dressing room. Go lay down. So Stephen's beautiful secretary took me and put me in the cot in the dressing room. So anyway, I'm laying there. Then I started feeling real queasy and nauseous. So I crawled on my hands and knees into Stephen's bathroom and I threw up in the toilet. And then I realized the the uniqueness of the situation. I go, I just threw up at Steven Spielberg's toilet. It's an honor. And to this day, it's one of the highlights of my career. <laughs> <laughs>
you should have signed it while you were down there. Ben. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now, I just touch. I want you guys obviously ask the questions. I'll just touch on the other ones real quick. Greece, my very first movie, the last day of shooting on Greece. We were filming at the carnival. It was the carnival scene, you know, where John rings the bell and, you know, hey, and they fly off in the car and we all wave goodbye. But anyway, Alan Carr, the direct, the producer, and Randall Kleiser, the the director and no i think it was just those two they came over me they go eddie can you be in one of the rides in the carnival for the last scene just have you there they go will you be in that spinny ride there's this ride where you stand up you're strapped in, and you spin around it's like an implant station it's a horrible mm -hmm. thing but i'm spinning around in the ride i, I said please don't make me do that i, I get really nice they all come on i go no i don't want to do it so but it's my first film so what am i going to say no yeah, so right. they strap me into this ride they spin me around <laughs> so they finished filming now if you look at greece you can't see anything there except the blur. The ride's on there for like two seconds and you can't see anything, so it was pointless. But anyway, I wobbled off the thing. My legs are shaky. I went out into the middle of a pasture. Nobody could see me. I went out in the middle of the pasture and heaved up. Blah, I threw up my first film. So that was my conclusion. That was my last day on Greece, August 2nd, 1977. <laughs> I went up over your hand, my third film. This is the first film Robert Zemeckis directed me. When it's, I play a Beatles fan. And they, the last day of shooting, Bob gave me a cigar to celebrate. It was December 21st, 1977. I got a cigar. I didn't know you're not supposed to inhale cigars. So I go, this is really cool, man. So I'm taking, <sighs> I'm smoking in a cigar, which you're not supposed to do. I go to the bathroom and I heaved up. So three of my first four films I threw up in. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, did, I'm assuming you have motion sickness? Yes, I get bad motion sickness. It's, it's bad for me, yeah. Especially if I've eaten before. On an empty stomach, I'm barely tolerable. But if I had a big lunch, you know, I, I, I will heave up. Mm. Okay. okay. Right. Remind me never to Uber you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say to all the producers out there that might want Eddie in a film, just remember, a puking no scene. Skinnies. No, just no give, him, give, give him a puking scene. Exactly, yes, yes. You know? And of course, the obvious jokes, the critics are usually the ones that throw up when they're seeing my films, but I won't go there. <laughs> uh, so oh, basically, no, you, you beat them that. to it. Yes. <laughs> wow. Oh, Jesus. Well, go they, ahead. They, they should have actually kept that film and kept it in there. I mean, it was right. Made a, well, I looked at, as far as as far as which one. Well, Greece. I've looked at it over and over. I've seen the film. There's a carnival scene, and they just do an establishment shot. They'll show like a right. ride, you know, the Ferris wheel, and and they'll show the machine I was on, and it's like two seconds, and there's just a blur there. You can't see anybody. They could have strapped a dummy there. It wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> no, just throw a puke splatter on the screen for a second. Done. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that would have worked. Wow. So you've been in a ton of stuff. I, I know that I don't know if you can talk about it, but uh, I looked something. You have something in pre-production as well right now. Uh, let's see pre-production. Is that true? Is that Anything in pre-production? Well, we did we did a bit on Critters Four. We did a little oh. bit on that, and uh, I did okay. Critters Two. This is my luck. I did Critter. There was Critters. Okay, the first one. Then Critters Two. I was in Critters Two. The main yeah. court. Critters Three, I didn't do, and then I did Critters Four. Steve and I, Steve got me. I did one little scene in that Critters Four. Now Critters Three has a unique distinction in history. It was the film debut of Leonardo DiCaprio. So I miss working to DiCaprio. I I leapfrog right over DiCaprio. <laughs> Another misbrush with greatness. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah, because I think uh, Critters Four was all you can eat. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which kind of goes right. hand in hand. That's why I brought it hand in hand with your your puking situation. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was also that's the title of the the new movie they're doing, the Chris Christie story. All you can eat. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I got into politics. Sorry. Yeah. Right. That's all right. 
<laughs> so Actually, is it funny. true as a Beatles super fan, you, you put out a contest, uh, you bet like a hundred dollars against any other Beatles yeah, fan I, that you were. I had that for years, Jar Jar. I had it on my old webpage. I don't think it's up there anymore, but I had a Beatles question. Not only could nobody get, I can think of Beatles questions. Nobody knows. Probably the Beatles themselves don't know, but I had all my esoteric Beatles questions. Nobody got it. I, I think there was only a few guesses made. They say like, Eddie, I'm going to take a few guesses at like two of the questions. You know, I learned a new one, by the way, I just finished the, uh, the get back documentary i finally saw all three parts this is the beatles question nobody knows the answer to and i'll put it out in public what size shoe did george harrison wear Ooh. i'm gonna guess it oh he's probably not tall i'm gonna say a 10 no, i'm okay. gonna say a seven okay george are you want to have to guess? Think he had, i think he had little feet i'm gonna say yeah. i'm gonna say an eight and a half Okay, Ben, you almost had it. George wore an eight shoe. I wear a nine and a half. I was surprised I wear a bigger shoe than George. But George, if you look at the end of the, the Get Back documentary, which is wonderful by Peter Jackson, he says, Mal, Mal was the Beatles roadie, their personal assistant. He goes, Mal, get me this in a size eight. And there was a shoe. It's a shoe. So George said he wore a size eight. That's the first time I ever found that out. I'm always looking for new Beatles trivia. Right. Now, is, is, awesome. isn't uh, a man's shoe size directly proportionate to his manhood? <laughs> yes, you're right. That's why I wear a size 14. George. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to have my shoes specially made. <laughs> so being a Beatles oh, fan, it must have been pretty cool being casted on uh, I Want to Hold Your Hand. As it's pretty much just a story about you. Exactly. I, I, I basically play myself. That's the film I play close to myself. I play a total Beatles freak. So I got to play myself. I play a character called Ringo Klaus, Richard Ringo Klaus. And Bob Zemeckis is, I've said it to this day since 1978, I've been saying 77. Bob Zemeckis is the best director I ever worked with. He remembered me all those years later and he wrote me into the Polar Express. So he's a wonderful guy, a pleasure to work with. And that was the first film Steven Spielberg ever produced too. So I got to meet Steven and, you know, know him on the set. And he was a great guy. And then I worked with him in 1941. Nice. So we do have a couple of questions that popped in on the internet. Sure. Um, some person, I'm, I'm assuming I know who that some person is, said uh, <laughs> some info. Eddie was on the Gilbert Godfrey podcast. Yes, that was my bet. This one, notwithstanding, that was the best podcast I ever did. The most fun podcast, the best questions. Gilbert was very, very intelligent, very insightful. And we were pals. I loved the guy. Uh, unfortunately, he passed He passed on when I was in the hospital last year. So like a lot of right. people I love. But I loved Gilbert. He was a great guy. And that was a great podcast. I'm sure you can get, you know, look at it somewhere on the Internet. You can get it. Right, right. But, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's available. Yeah, His interviews were the best. Yeah. yeah. His oh, yeah. interviews were wonderful. Yeah. Right. Um, and then Matthew says, do you know the Rosebud Beach Hotel? Oh, my God. Yes. That's one of the real grade Z movies I did. That's way back. Now, I might have worked. I'm not sure. Is that where I met? Because I worked with Peter Scolari once before Polar Express. That might have been where I met Peter Scolari. I don't know if he was in that cast. Was Peter in that? Okay. That's where I knew Peter Scolari. Because when we did Polar Express, he was an old pal of mine. And he is the, was the sweetest guy in the world. Another guy that just passed away last year, I think. So last year was a bad year for great people going. So I'm going to take yeah, a quick break here and say, you know, if you want to find out more about Eddie, check the show notes up above or down below. But Eddie has a cameo now. And I believe if you want something special for a loved one, you got to head over to cameo. Mentioned that Still Toking Wit sent you. And... uh mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll see what happens for you. Yeah. I'm going to say. You know, but okay. check the show notes up above or down below. Right, Jeff? Yeah. All the links up, are right there for up everybody. Above, down up, below. 
well, depending yeah, on where you're on listening to us. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you're watching us, they're up above or down below. If you're listening to us, I have no idea where the podcast yeah. algorithm puts it, but it's there. Mm-hmm. So, and now Fonzie, Fonzie, Cisco and Ebert, Uncle Sam. Those are my points. <laughs> so we want, you, I, you know, I, I'm going to bring this up right now because I need to know if it was, tr- if it's actually true or not. I didn't have sure. enough time to actually verify this information. But mm-hmm. you I don't even know her. I never met her. I never <laughs> <laughs> you played a character by the name of Sphincter. No, that would change. That was Beverly Hills Vamp. Was no, no, that was uh, oh, that, oh my god, that's the worst movie I ever did. The Polish, a Polish vampire in Burbank. Yeah, yes. that was worth it. And I think I was a character called Sphincter, but I think they changed it. But I, they might have changed it back. I don't know. Scott Alexander was the was the director. I think that's a very hilarious. nice guy, but it just was a very low budget job. Yeah. Well, because I read that, and the first thing that popped into my head was, "What an ass." Really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever you're into, you know. Your personal right. preference. <laughs> so uh, Matthew also asked if you know Bully Maguire. Bully Maguire, who's that? Is he a Facebook friend? I don't know. Bully Maguire, oh, B-U-L-L-Y Maguire? The, yeah, the name he, doesn't ring a bell. First he said Billy Maguire, and then he c- corrected himself with Bully Maguire. But, huh, see, I I, unless he's a, he's a Facebook friend, so I don't know. I have a lot of Facebook friends. I might have forgot his name. Uh, but I love Facebook. my Facebook friends. Is he a Facebook he, friend? Oh, I don't know, but do you run your own social media, uh, or or is it a bot that we're all following? Because you're hilarious on there. Oh, thank you. No, that's all me. That's my joy. I love I've my Facebook. I love my Facebook friends. Few years and yeah. Thank you so much, Jarjo. Thank you, sir. Oh, yeah, I love I love some of the stuff you put up there. Thank and you. I like wow. Uh, Jeff Peterson just chimed in and said you were great on Duck Man. Oh, I love Jason Alexander is a man. Oh, yeah. Totally great guy. I love him. Great guy. Pleasure. I was so stupid and ignorant. Okay. And these days I hadn't seen Seinfeld yet. So I met Jason the first day and I go, well, you were great in that potato chip. Was, he had a commercial on the Super Bowl where he parachuted. It was about potato chip. And I go, well, you were great in the potato chip. He must have thought, what a schmuck. It's like everybody else in the world. See that. And then, of course, I started watching Seinfeld and I became an addict like everybody else. I've seen every episode and you know how wonderful he is. But at that time, I had only seen him in that commercial. I was a late <laughs> on Seinfeld, late on the bandwagon. Right, well, Same actually, I was too. Yeah, yeah. I, I was. Great show. Well. We, it's funny we were talking about it today. Me, Steve, my manager, and his, and his beautiful wife Denise. We were talking, and I go, "Was that the last show we were all united as a country where we'd all, you know, everybody would watch and we'd all talk about the next day?" I think we're so diverse now. We're so diversified and you know, split up as a nation. I went, "Was that the last TV show we all agreed on that we all thought it was great?" That American Idol. <laughs> Yeah, I've never seen it. Right. I, Steve watched it last night. In fact, he watched American Idol last night. But I, I don't, I don't watch that. Yeah, I did. It American Idol was like Steve was saying they were these guys cracked coconuts with their heads last night or something. I go, is that like the new Gong Show? My TV debut was on the Gong Show where they had all these weird acts. Oh, yeah, really? that was my big debut. I got gonged by Paul Williams. Oh, what were you trying to do? A comedy? I did a stand-up. I did my stand-up routine. Oh, I got nice. gonged by Paul Williams. Now get this. Cut to like 40, 45 years later, I go to a, a voiceover job and who's sitting there? Paul Williams. Oh, so I man. go up and I go, I go, Mr. Williams, I, I, I'm Eddie D's and you gone me on the gong show. Do you remember? He goes, I'm so sorry. I go, Mr. Williams, this, it was a lark. He goes, no, please forgive me. I go, Mr. Williams, of course I forgive you. It was, this, it was a jokey show. Nobody took it serious. He goes, you don't understand. He goes, I'm an Alcoholics Anonymous. We have to apologize to anybody we might have heard of here. So if I hurt you in any way, I, I go, Mr. Williams, you're absolved. Please don't worry about it. He was a really sweet guy, but he really wanted to be forgiven for gonging me. 
Wow, that's <laughs> hilarious. Good thing it's anonymous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you have any stories from working with uh, Weird Al on the Weird Al show? No, I, I met him. He was a very, very nice guy. But I was, I, I go, I said, I can't remember lines. I, that's always been my problem. I have a hard time remembering lines. So he cast me as the man behind the wall. So I wasn't seen on the show. I was behind the wall and I would just read my lines back there. You know, I, da, 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 and that's how I did that. But he was a great guy. I met him once and he was a wonderful guy. I hope he's you always well. had a hard time remembering lines. Well, you know, it's funny. In the early days, I couldn't remember them. I would go in, you know, like any actor. The night before shooting, I'd go in my room, lock the door, and I'd do my, rehearse my lines, and I'd do them the next day. And if you look at the film I did, Mob Boss, it's, it's actually one of my funnier B-movies where I get to make out with Morgan Fairchild. But I do a long speech at the end of Mob Boss, and that was without cue cards. So I was capable in those days, but I think I, I'm 66 now. It might be, I always had a problem with it. Because like in my early days when I did stand-up, when I worked at the comedy store and I did the gong show, I even had cue cards and I took little index cards and I, hi, uh, this is Eddie Deason, da da da, clap, clap. Sure, but we respect me in the morning. <laughs> that was my routine line. And I read the whole routine off cue cards. They were the, all these jokes I did, but I, I was capable up till Mob Bus. So I was able to do it till then. But my how I started into it was I did War Games, movie War Games with Matthew Broderick, which is a really yes. good movie. One of my favorite movie. One of my thank favorites. You, ben, thank you. Thank you so much. And I did my scene and I couldn't pronounce the words data encryption algorithm. I kept screwing them up. They go take data endocrine algorithm, cut, date, data endocrine algorithm, cut. And I, I kept messing them up. So finally, the director, my, my director was Marty Bress, who later did Beverly Hills Cop. Mm -hmm. He crooks his finger. He goes, Eddie, let's take a little walk. <laughs> it's like the mafia. We're going to take you for a little ride. <laughs> he puts his arm around my shoulder. We go for a, a walk around the studio. He goes, Eddie, this is verbatim what he said. He said, Eddie, you're costing the studio a lot of money because we're going to get you idiot cards. <laughs> and he had accent on idiot. He goes, we're going to get you some idiot cards. <laughs> like, I couldn't pronounce my, that one line. Anyway, he got me cue cards. We went back. Bang, I did it in one take. The new data encryption oh, algorithm. Cool. Da, 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 da. We did one take. So I realized this is cool. Cue cards. So I read them. And, you know, Bob Hope used cue cards all the time. Marlon Brando used cue cards. Some people use them. So a lot of shows, they get me cue cards. Like I do films with Fred Olin Ray. They have cue cards around the set. So they, they helped me out a lot. I think if the if the, the chips were down and I really had to do a role, I think I could buckle down and memorize it. But because I'm kind of lazy and directors are nice, I usually get cue cards now. <laughs> well, it must be yeah. great in the whole uh, the voiceover roles that you get to do. Yeah, voice, exactly. Voiceovers are a piece of cake. Voiceovers are a joy. First of all, you don't have to look good. You can come in unshaven, yeah, right. sloppy clothes. You know, a real role in a movie or a TV show, you're made up. You have to wear a wardrobe, be shaven, and you look really good. But voiceovers, you go in, cartoons, you go in, you just do it. It's a two-hour gig, you know, and you say goodbye to everybody. Yeah, and you're well-paid. It's nice. Nice. No. Now, in today's world, don't they use they use teleprompters instead of cue cards, right? Teleprompters, right? Exactly. Yeah, that would be yeah. the, even though there are some that can't cards. even use those. Who can't? You won't get into that. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I'm not going to go down that road. <laughs> okay. Some okay. That can't even read those. <laughs> yeah, we know where you were going with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a puppet. Go, I won't take it down it's a that puppet road. that can't walk upstairs or ride a bike. Right. <laughs> so, do you ever fan out with anybody? I'm sorry. Do you ever fan out with anybody that you're working with? Fanboy out with anybody? Like when you were working with Tom Hanks on, on uh, uh, Polar Express. Well, we, we finished Polar Express and I, you know, I hugged Tom. I miss him. He's the greatest guy I ever worked with. Everything you hear about him is true. He's a mensch. He's the mensch of all mensches. The last day he goes, Eddie, I hear you're a Dodger fan. Yeah. He goes, do you want to go to a Dodger game with me? So I'm like, you know, a baseball fan sitting in Tom Hanks' box seat. So he took me to three games. 
So I'll tell you the beautiful story. The first game, I had a really close friend. His name was Tommy. And he had Lou Gehrig's disease, which is a degenerative disease. His body was atrophy. He was losing control of his motor controls. We would be, you know, he, and this guy was a really good looking guy. He drove this sports car, really cool guy. And we were best pals. But his body was degenerating. And I would literally catch him. I learned to catch him. He would be walking and he would fall over. And I learned to catch Tommy. He literally would have fallen on the floor and I would learn to catch him. And he would, this is horrible to say, but I'm being honest. He would spit in my food sometimes. We'd be talking, hey, because his motor control, he spit in my, I'd go, Tommy, and I had to keep my control because he couldn't help it. But he'd ruin my meal, you know. I have this beautiful chow mein, you know, shrimp chow mein. And then he would spit in my food. But anyway, I took him to the first Dodger game. I go, I'm going bring to my, bring my friend Tommy. So I brought Tommy to the game. And Tommy, like, comes in. He's kind of gnarled. You know, I don't want to say a cruel word, but he's spast, you know, spastic, I'll say. You know, he was kind of that way. And I brought him in, and I'm, I'm sitting in the box seat, and I go, oh, my God, is this going to be a train wreck? I brought this guy to the game. Anyway, I looked down. I got some food. Tom has it. Was, when you go to Tom Hanks' box seat, you get, he has this buffet there, this silver buffet, all the dishes, hot dogs, hamburgers, coleslaw, potato salad, all this great stuff. Anyway, I looked down, and Tommy's talking to Tom Hanks, and he's, well, you know, he was kind of, it was hard to understand him. Hey, how are you? And I noticed Tom Hanks, and Tom was listening earnestly, nodding his head, listening to every word, you know, and Tommy's talking to him, spilling his guts out. And Tom Hanks, such a wonderful, beautiful guy. He's just listening. And I'll never forget how he listened earnestly to everything he said. And then Tom took out a baseball and he signed it for Tommy. And Tommy kept, you know, Tommy passed away. This is 2005. But he gave Tommy that baseball autographed by Tom Hanks. And Tommy treasured that baseball the rest of his life, which wasn't that much longer. He died a few months after that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Holy wow. What a nice wow. gesture, though. Yeah, yeah, he was right. incredibly kind. I have so many great Tom Hanks stories. If you want to get into that, but that's one of this. That's one of the many Tom Hanks stories I have. That's, that's a whole show yeah. in itself. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. And this like a and, sweet and, man. And Tom, Tom <laughs> is a great actor, but this show is about Eddie Deason. That's yes, true. All about Eddie Deason, and we do All have right. more. We do have more questions that popped in. Uh, sure. Let's see. I'm gonna skip that one because that's that's a whole ton of stuff there. Uh, Sam Patty wants to know, hello, uh, were you Hi. ever, were you in Reanimator in 1985? Uh, hi, Sam. I, you have to look it up on IMDb. I don't remember that one, but it sounds vaguely familiar. Okay. Okay. Steve, my manager is here. He says no. So Steve knows me better than yeah, me. I don't, yeah. I, I, don't, I guess not. There are some credits I have. I swear to God, I have absolutely no memory. Some you remember fully and vividly, you know, you remember every second of it, you know, yeah. and, but some I just forgot, you know, you do, I did a bunch of cartoon shows and you just forget them. Uh, so, I'm amazed you weren't in Revenge of the Nerds. Like, good question. Uh, that's a que that's one of the most questions I get most frequently asked. Okay, I did a movie called The Whoopie Boys, which the the guy that produced it was named Adam Field, who was also I think he produced uh, Revenge of the Nerds too. And of course, I asked him. I go, Adam, why was I not cast in your film? All the time, you know, because I get, I've got been mistaken for that guy. Weren't you guy in Revenge of the Nerds? I get that more than any other person. Anyway, I asked Adam, and he goes, "This is what he told me." He said the joke of the film was we wanted to get regular good looking guys and put glasses on them and make them act geeky. He goes, you're already a geek. He goes, you're already a nerdy guy. You were born that way. So we didn't want you. That's what he told me. Now, whether he was trying to placate me, I don't know. He might have been trying to placate me and be nice, but that's what he told me. You know, I would have liked to have been in that movie. You know, it, it was a legendary movie. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah it was a great movie. A perfect fit. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. What did you think of Mystery Science Theater episode that made fun of Laser Blast? 
hilarious. It's it's a hundred times better than the film. People that ask about Laser Basco <laughs> don't see the movie. See the Mystery Science Theater three thousand version. It is hilarious. I wish they'd do more of my movies because I I love Joel. I love I think they're geniuses. Crow, Joel. But I love that show. It was, it was my favorite show for a long time in L.A. And I was honored to be on it. And they took a mediocre film and made it really funny. And that should be the immortal film, their version. That's cool. Right, right. So, okay. um, and old dirty, oh, come on. What did my computer just do? Oh, there it is. <laughs> old dirty fatty said, Eddie just made me have feelings with the Tommy story. Oh, so, yeah. So yeah. you, you, you gave somebody feelings that probably didn't have them, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me. So <laughs> moving on. Well, you know. <laughs> um, and Carrie wants to know what cartoons have you voiced? That's why I skipped that one because. There is a sure. there, that's a whole there is a yeah, yeah I, I've done a bunch. Uh, I, the biggest I don't know if you're yeah, counting the cartoon, but the Polar Express is of course the big one. I don't know if you count yeah. that as cartoon. That was motion capture, and we kind of look cartoony. People think it's a cartoon movie, but we did every movement in that. It wasn't a cartoon. Every day we go to makeup, it was meet the four top main characters: Tom Hanks, Peter Scolari, me, and Nona Gay, who is lovely, and she's a daughter of Marvin Gay. She was so wonderful. But the four of us, we go to makeup every day. Okay, we got in a scuba suit. We get it put in a scuba suit. They glue a scuba cap to our heads. Literally, they put it on with paste, and it had to be pulled off at the end of the day. Now, every day they put 152 dots on our face, literally with a pen, with a sharpie or whatever. 152 dots, and then they would glue 152 electronic things there. Somehow that's how they did it. And we all have these dots on our face. So the whole film, me, Tom, Nona, and Peter looked like we had the measles. We had these dots on for 10 weeks. We did this ordeal. But it was a joy. It, the makeup was hard, but it was a joy because the people were so wonderful. And, uh, and then they'd shoot us with some kind of thing, some kind of special camera. And we would do the whole thing. Then they would bring these little kids in. They had a kid, Tom, little me, little Peter, little Nona. And they would do the same scene. And somehow they morphed our scenes together. It's like our movements, but the little kids were the movements on the cartoon, if you can understand that. It was our voices. Mm -hmm. We definitely voiced it. For some reason, Steve and I were talking about this yesterday. For some reason, they didn't use Peter Scolari's voice. I'll never know why. But it's Tom's voice, my voice, and Nona's voice, but not Peter's voice. He was like the the, the little the sad boy, you know, the sad kid in the yeah. film. But the other ones are us. And the movements are ours, but it's, they were like morphed into a kid's bodies. So if you can understand that, I know how weird it sounds. But it was the first motion capture film. It was very complex. Yeah. But it was I, it was my, one of my bucket list. Was it? I, was it I, a, I'm Jewish, was, but I love Christmas. I love Christmas. Was it, was and I always wanted to do a Christmas suit? movie. Was it like a rubber suit, like a, a diving a scuba, suit? Literally scuba suits. They were literally like their okay. skin tight scuba diver suits. I don't know why they had us in them, but all four of us had to wear them. It wasn't. I went to see that in theaters. It was great. Oh, thank you, like, thank you so much. Oh, yeah. It plays every like, Christmas, and I love it. I oh, love yeah, the movie. I'm very proud of it. Yeah. Because okay. we, we talked to somebody then, didn't we, who, who did the same thing, uh, but uh -huh. they had to wear a latex suit, wasn't it? it was, yeah, it was a latex suit with little balls. With the little with the little yeah, balls, little yeah, they were doing balls. a video. Maybe that's maybe that. that's what, because, you know, technology's come so far for, in 20 years, yeah. maybe that's what motion capture is now, I don't know. This okay, was kind was of, in, in, you know, the way technology's going, you know, we go so far with it, so it just goes further and further, but that was the first. Right. Well, once you scan, then they don't need you anymore. It, well, well, you do the yeah, voice right with, the, with this new AI. Once they scan you, they don't even need you anymore. They can just is do that what right? they need to do. That's they did, I mean. In other words, they just get scan your body and you they can move your body any way you want and all that. Pretty yeah, much. that's what the AI is doing. That's interesting. Okay. So that's kind of like a cartoon. A cartoon, they yeah. do whatever they want with you and you just voice. All they need is your voice. Right. So yes. 
anyway, to answer that, who whoever the lady was, to answer that, I've done uh, Duckman. I did Darkwing Duck. Yeah. Um, trying to think. Yeah. Scooby Doo. I, I, I did a bunch yeah. of Scooby Doo's. Oh, my big one was Dexter's Laboratory. Yeah. I, was I, was I, I did twenty of those. Point. I was Dexter. I was Mandark on that, the bad guy, and yeah. uh, that was a joyous show. And again, I'm not trying to get morbid on your show, but. The beautiful Chris Cavanaugh. She left us way too soon. I loved her. She was the original Dexter. And then another great girl replaced her named Candy Milo, who was great too. But I was special friends with uh, with um, Chris Cavanaugh. I did her first job ever with her. I did a first radio spot with her. We were really special friends. And her passing away was horrible. Sorry. Right, right. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm, I am going to say, I am going to say, you don't look your age. Oh, thank you. you I don't act my age either. No, I <laughs> <laughs> remember that Three Stooges? Did you ever see the one with Three Stooges where they act as little kids and they go, Mo goes, act your age. And Curly goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. Oh. So, so have, you, um, have you ever tried contacts instead of glasses? Uh, yes. As a matter of fact, well, Polar Express, you know, I wore them all the way through. Polar Express, they couldn't have my glasses, but most capture wouldn't work. So I did work on it. It was such a big budget movie. It was like it was like the biggest budget movie ever, I think, at the time, or the biggest budget anime. Or something. It had some kind of record. But they literally had a guy. His job literally was just to put my contacts in and take him out at the end of the day. That was the guy's whole job. So the guy got paid for that. <laughs> he puts my contact wow. lens in, then he waits eight hours, then he takes him out. That was the guy's job. So, yes, I wore them all through that. As far as real life, I did try wearing them once. My dad bought them for me. But, again, my dad and I, we were like oil and water, and he bought me the contacts, and I couldn't wear them. You know, and dad was, oh, Jesus, I paid money for them. Well, let's not get into that. <laughs> but I did try wearing them as a kid, yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, that's but great. I mean, that's kind of your, your look anyway. I mean, every Yeah, it's kind of my look. It's kind of like Woody Allen wearing contacts. It doesn't look right. Woody Allen should wear glasses, you know. Right, right. Okay. I was just curious if you ever tried. Yeah. No, I, I did try and they hurt. Now, when I did Polar Express, they, again, we talk about technology. When I was a kid, they were really hard contact lenses. They were like putting little rocks in your eyes. But when I did Polar Express, you couldn't even feel them. They had, you know, soft contacts. So it's like you don't even feel it. So it's, it's right. different nowadays. Yeah. So what did you do today? I got to poke Eddie in the eye all yeah. day long. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to do that. Sergio's joining us a little late. I know Eddie from somewhere. I think it's called Grease the Movie. Yes, Sergio, he is from Greece. Yes, yes. I'm from Greece. That was my first movie, and I always say I won the lottery. Because most, you know, most people's first films are turkeys. They're usually low-budget films. A few people say, like, you know, Orson Welles, of course, but other people started big films. But I lucked out, even though I have a very small role, I started out in Greece. You know, the, the most probably the most beloved musical of all time, or one of them. Oh, so I no, lucked out. I got into a great day movie. I mean... My wife knows that movie word for word. Yeah, it's word more special. I think just do. from my own personal experience, yeah. it's more special to women and girls. They go like guys like it, but women and girls go gaga over it. You know, it's kind of yeah. like the way guys like Rambo or whatever. You know, a guy Dirty Harry or something. Right, but right. women love Greece. I've talked to so many girls. I've talked to when we had VHSs. You know, I talked to three girls who literally broke their tape. They said I played so many times, I broke the tape. I had to get a new one. How come oh, Greece right. too doesn't? I talk to people who watch love. it hundreds of times. I was just going to bring I up Greece too. You know, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I, I was just going to bring that up, Judge. I brought up Greece too. 
Yeah, me. personally, I wish they didn't even do that. Yes, you're. Yeah. You know what's funny? You know what's funny, Jeff? I was reading, or I swear to God, I was looking through my, one of my articles. You can see it on the internet. I wrote an article called 14 films that they shouldn't have made a sequel to," and I wrote about Grease too, just like you're saying. And I go, "This was a mistake from the word go. Just leave it alone. When you have a classic film, leave it alone. You know, it's like you try to parasite your own product. You know, you're like being a parasite of your own product. It's like leave the great films alone. Make new films." Or if you have to do it, make it sequel of a bad movie. Try to make it good. Try to make it better. But when you have a great film, you know, don't make a sequel of Citizen Kane. Don't make a sequel, you know, of Casablanca. Leave Grease alone. Right. But they did it. I agree. If if they were going to do that, they should have, you know, the way I see it, they should have just made a whole separate movie about one of the lead characters. And made it Maybe completely so. different. Maybe that. I always thought, Jeff. I, I was telling Steve last night, and I've always thought. I thought at that time, and po- that point in time, nineteen eighty-two, they had Michelle Pfeiffer. By the way, I talked to her once on the set. I was. She was like. She was like Marilyn Monroe, beautiful. And I just walked to her. I go, "You're beautiful." And she goes, "Thank you." <laughs> like an idiot. That's all I talked to the whole time. <laughs> anyway, Hi. I always thought they should have got for Sandy. They should have got Britney Spears. She would have been a great singer. She could sing. She could dance. And she was kind of oh, like yeah. a wholesome yeah. girl. And now she's a different Britney Spears now, of course, because our lives change. But in right. 1982, they should have got Britney Spears. She could have been a good Sandy. And maybe they could have made a decent film out of it. Maxwell mm-hmm. Caulfield was a totally, totally nice guy. But this was Maxwell. The first day on the set, he calls me into his dressing room. We have tea and cookies. He serves me. He's a British guy. He's a British guy. And he poured me some tea and we had these little tea and cookies. And I'm going, this is going to die. I go, this movie is going to die so bad because this guy is not going to fill John Travolta's shoes. It wasn't the right casting. Yeah. People don't want to see a proper British guy in Greece. That's just not what they want. You know, yeah. maybe he could have been, he could have been right. Maxwell is an excellent actor. He's a wonderful guy and a great actor. He could have done a, dozens of other films, but don't cast him in Greece. Now, maybe Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer, maybe, but she, I don't know. She just didn't quite fit either, but maybe she could have been like a raunchy Sandy. I don't know. The Sandy, you know, the Sandy comes out in the end of Greece in the suit, you know, in the tight black outfit. Maybe she she could have done that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Right. Somebody like Henry Winkler could have filled Travolta's shoes in a movie like that. Maybe. Now, by the way, here's what I heard. This I didn't know until I, Mr. Joel Thurm cast, I still call him Mr. Thurm, but his name is Joel Thurm. He cast Taxi and he cast us in Greece. And he told me something I've thought for 45 years, and it's totally out there in in, uh, urban legend. He said Henry Winkler was never considered for the role of Danny Zuko. The, the 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 thing is that he turned it down. The big urban legend is Henry Winkler was offered the role and he turned it down. It was a big mistake, blah, blah, blah. But Henry Winkler was never offered that role. And this is according to Joel Thurm, so he would know. I'm trying to remember. I just read something like a week ago about who they actually casted originally for that part. Mm-hmm. And the name, I can't So there was somebody it. before John they wanted? Yes. Okay. And what, had they had another project or what? I can't remember what the hell happened. Okay. I'd have to, I'll That's have to look that up again. But it was, it okay. was an interesting take because... You know, without Henry Wing, I mean, that show never would have never would have got off the ground. I don't think so. He, Henry is such a wonderful actor. He's such, he's always entertaining. Maybe he could have done a good. But again, Grease was like lightning in a bottle. And when you get a film like that, it's got every single thing has to be right. You know, it's just oh, yeah. you know what I mean. It's like these wonderful, wonderful films that are magic to all of us. Everything, the casting has to be right, the director, the script, the the choreography. And Grease was one of those films. It just everything came together. So Henry was probably you know wouldn't have been the same lightning in a bottle. As great as he is, I'm a huge Henry. Winkler fan. Right. Yes. Right. So like I was saying, we have another question that came in and they want sure. 
Michelle wants to know how it was working with John Travolta and Olivia. John Travolta was the nicest guy ever. He was the most wonderful, nice guy. Okay, my first scene in Greece, you know, I come down the stairs and I get and the T birds mess with me. Okay. Yeah, exactly. After every take, did you know he called me buddy, by the way? He go, You okay, buddy? So I come down and said, Take one. I walk down. Hi. Then they mess with me. Cut. Don. Are you all right, buddy? Are you okay? Take two. Hi, you guys. Da, 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 cut. Take two. You doing okay, buddy? Do you need anything? He was very solicitous, like an older brother, just a totally, totally great guy. Uh, I can't say enough good things about him. I just love him so much. And um, he watched over me like I'm that. I'll tell you a little Grease trivia, by the way. I want to tell you guys first so you'll get the scoop. This has never been revealed on any podcast or revealed by any Grease cast member. This is a totally new Grease trivia. It's not anything big, but it's a trivia. The final, to answer your question, by the way, John was just a great guy. I want to make sure that that's said. I love John. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the last scene in Greece, you know, where we all, we all wave goodbye and the red convertible, of course, goes that iconic shot and John and Libby wave goodbye. That's an iconic shot. Now, they did their part. It was fine. They the, the scene where we did, we're all on the field waving. There was like every actor, dancer and extra, you know, everybody. There were like hundreds of people on that field. OK. And they did a big wide shot of us waving. OK, so we did that. Fine. Now, the next day, this is true. They came in and I've never heard of this happening in a film, but they said, and I think this is true. Some kind of glitch happened. But I think they said we forgot to put film in the can. I think they said there was no film in it. And we did have to film that again. That oh, icon, wow. uh, that scene about waving was filmed again the next day. And I think it was because they forgot to put film in the can. As, as dumb as that sounds, I think that's what happened. Boy. Wow. Yeah. So that's great uh, trivia for you. Well, now, there was, a, there was a theory going around a few years back that the ending scene where they, where they fly off in the car like that. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to signify something that yeah, uh, Kevin, that they actually that they died, died in a yeah. car crash. Isn't, isn't that horrible? To dream. Yeah. Oh, well, really? Randall Kleiser, our director, you know, wow. just totally denies that. Randall would know. He said that's total baloney. You know, just somebody made some gnarly oh, yeah, person made that up. How to take a beautiful and one of the most beautiful iconic scenes in movie history, one of the most beautiful endings, and make it gnarly? That does it. So that that right. that is totally not true. Right. Right. <laughs> and I just looked up uh, who was who. Uh, was originally cast um, yeah. and took and, and uh for uh to play the fawns in happy oh, the so fawns i thought you meant Cole danny zuko yeah no 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 in um uh in happy Day. part in happy okay Days. and it was mickey, uh, mickey dolan audition i know yeah yeah and he was he was one of the top leads for the part but they ended up right it to uh uh, Henry, so yeah, I wonder I if Mickey could have done it. I, I don't know. It's interesting because we always, you know, you automatically always think of Mickey as a monkey. We kind of have that fixed in our mind, right, but I don't know. Right. He was always my favorite right. monkey. I thought he was always the most talented monkey. He was the one behind. Well, the for a monkey, he's pretty talented. Yeah, yeah I thought, really this, nice is, this is my own opinion. It's my subjective opinion. I think he had one of the greatest voices in rock music history. If you listen to some of those monkey songs, he's his so voice is wonderful. He had a great voice, and he, the is. inflections. He was just a one really talented well, funny, guy. I mean, we just uh, we just saw him a couple of weeks ago mm -hmm. uh, here in Massachusetts, and I sat in on a panel he was doing. And one of the statements that he made was, uh, "The monkeys are not musicians. Right. It's a TV show." Right. Simple as that. And he was very yeah. emphatic about that. We were yeah. not a band. We are not musicians. We yeah, they were, four, they were, two of them were musicians, actually. Two, Davey, yeah. I think, and Mickey were actors. Mike was a musician and Peter was a great musician. So they were in that sense. But he's right. They, it was casting for any other role. It's, he always says it's like saying that, uh, you know, Mr. Spock, Leonard Nimoy was not a Vulcan. 
he uses that as an example. You know, you're an actor and you take whatever you get. In other words, I, I can't do anything, but if they were casting for a musician and I could go up for it and they could fake it, I'd be a musician, you know. But I think maybe because their records were so good, you know. And then, by the way, they did start doing concerts and, you know, yeah. having selling on yeah. houses. They were so talented, they pulled it off. Right. Yeah, which so, is absolutely amazing. Speaking, yeah. of, speaking of talented, somebody said, you have a lot of energy. What is your secret? <laughs> uh, I, well, I'll tell you, let me tell you this, and I'm not trying to give you insincere flattery. This is such a wonderful podcast. You guys are so wonderful, and it's so cool. This three-way thing, I've never done this. Your questions are wonderful, and you're such great guys, so I'm really enjoying myself. I hope, by the way, I can play this on my Facebook page. I hope I can. you can show me how. I really oh, want to yeah. play this. No, this absolutely. one I really want to play. No, absolutely. I can uh, I can get the link over to Steve afterwards. And Thank you. you know, Thank you so much. Get this, get this playing. Um, yeah. But anyway, I've always had a high metabolism. When I was in the first grade, I, I swear to God, my school teacher would tie me to my chair with a jump rope. I was always <laughs> running around the class. People say, you know, if I was nowadays, they, I would be a Ritalin kid. They would give me Ritalin. But in those days, you were just energetic, and I, I'd have to try to hold myself down. But I always was running around. I always had a lot of energy. Did you play sports? Yeah. I uh was not i played one year church league basketball i was on the maccabees our jewish team the maccabees i scored 18 points in 18 games a 1.0 average uh, i was a terrible player but my dad put me on the team so uh, i wasn't good at that baseball i was i played third base one day and there was this girl i had a crush on in school named joyce and she was watching the game <laughs> and this is a typical eddie decent story there was a guy on third and the catcher threw the ball to me and he hit me right in the head I'll stop oh, no. <laughs> that was typically just as a true story. So in front of the girl I love, I made a total fool of myself. So, but well, real quick, speaking of girls you love, yeah, I heard through a grapevine something about Tanya Harding. Yeah, we made out. I made out with Tanya Harding. We did a chiller theater, a signing show together. This is like maybe 20 years ago. And Tanya was there. And this is right after the incident, you know, where with Nancy Kerrigan with the yeah. having her knee broken. And Tanya was there. And at that time, I, we might have mellowed to her now. I don't know. I think she's more a little mellowed. There was a movie about her and all this stuff. But anyway, at that time, she was looked on as a real villain. It was like she was a villain there. Not the O.J. Simpson level, but she was like, <laughs> villain. and she got no bite. She was there all alone. She was just sitting there all and I felt sorry for her. She literally was just sitting there and, you know, and that's so you feel nothing's worse than doing a science show and you're just there. It's kind of like a comedian telling jokes and you get crickets, you know, but that's right. the version of a science show. You sit there and you get no bite, no line. You feel like a fool and you're not making any money. And it's just, it's, it's horrible. So I went over and started kibitzing with, we started chatting and talking and we got to be friends. She's actually a very, very lovely girl. She's very nice. And, you know, we were just talking and I thought she was attractive and we just started making out. Nature took its course and we started making out. And I'll tell you, she's a great kisser. She has beautiful, soft lips and we made out for a while. So that was one of my great makeout stories. It was a pleasure and we got to be friends. Anyway, he gave me an autographed picture of her. So I'm finishing up and this like this mafioso guy, this might have been one of the guys who was in with the break of the kneecap because hey, Tony wants a picture of you. It's like this big this mafia guy. So I, yes sir, so I signed a picture and gave it to her. But, you know. But speaking of signing pictures wow. and things like that, Eddie, Eddie does have a new cameo out there folks, which you can find in the show notes up above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us, you know, head over there, tell them that you heard it at Still Toking With, and I don't know, they'll, maybe they'll do something for you. I don't know. Yeah. I, it's I, fun. I, I do it all the time. You. Steve films me. Steve's a great director, and he directs me. He directs me to, you know, okay, this is Mary. She wants to say happy anniversary. Her husband is Bill. Da, da. And we do them, and, and they make people happy. You know, it's it's yeah, nominal yeah. money. We don't do it for the money. It's to make people happy. Steve and I love making people happy, and it's, it, it's a joy to do it. They're fun, you know. Right, right. And of course, uh, especially with the strike on now, 
Not that I was doing movies anyway now, but with a strike <laughs> on it, cameos are totally legal. They're fun. And yeah, it's, it's a nominal fee too. Very, very uh, cheap. Somebody said they loved you in 1941. Someone else said they loved you, you in Midnight Madness. There's Thank you. That was fun. Comments. I just can't. I have stories about all of them. I have stories about all of them. I have a lot of Midnight Madness stories, whatever you want. You guys ask away. You know, so go ahead. Well, I, what I want to know is I want to know a little bit more personal about you. Um, sure. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Always been a dog. I was never crazy about cats. I mean, I don't dislike cats, but I've never, I've, I, you know, when I first came to Hollywood, I found a stray cat and I took it in my room. I called, I called her thirsty or him or her thirsty and I'd get him milk and all. And then uh, that I was the only cat I ever had, but I've had a lot of dogs over the years. I definitely love dogs. I love boxers. I love chihuahuas. The only dog I don't like, the only kind, I don't like poodles. I just, there's something gnarly about them. I don't like, but I like every other kind of dog. Favorite brand of tuna fish? I'm sorry. Your favorite brand of tuna fish? My favorite brand of tuna fish. Um, gee, that's a good one. Um, I guess when I was a kid, we eat chicken of the sea or star kissed, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I love I love tuna salad. I have a tuna salad sandwich. We're, going, yeah, we're right. going down that road, huh? Favorite color. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm colorblind. I'm colorblind. <laughs> then that's why my favorite color Me is too. white. White is yeah, oh, I, are I you really? Too. No, I, I have white white colorblind. I'm a uh, uh, red, green, blues. I'm, I'm, I'm green, red. Yeah, the tra the traffic Shade. light looks white to me. The green traffic light, people, you know, mm -hmm. that's a green light. It looks very white to me. Yep. I yeah, can't see here. greens and browns are my worst. Oh. Yeah. Anchovies. You, you go anchovies look, right anchovies look green to me. Oh. Anchovies look green to you. Anchovies look green, and I, my uh, my dad again. I don't want to get back to my dad because my dad was a great guy. He was very generous, but I remember I, I said those are those are green. And he goes, they're brown. I go, no, they're green. He goes, God damn it. You better tell me they're brown. <laughs> yeah, dad, they're brown. <laughs> I can threaten to I didn't give him the right color. But I, I had a hard time with that. And anyway, to answer the question, my favorite color is white. Because I love the color white. It's always beautiful. And I can always tell white. It's just right. a beautiful color to me. Okay. Right, right. You know, technically, technically, white is actually not a color. It's the absence white. of color. No. Is that I'm right? Black black I think you're right. It's the yeah, you think black was, Yeah. White black, is the absence of color. Black is all color. Black is all for us. Okay, yeah, I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, yeah that's so I, I have the same. I have the same color blindness. Yeah, I'll right. tell you another one, Jeff. I have a half-colored eye. One of my eyes is half blue, half brown. I have hazel eyes. I don't know if you, you probably can't see it, but I have one eye that is half. It's like half. It's uh, really? It's called. That's interesting. Yeah, it's called heterochromosome or something. So there's some kind of name for it, but I have <laughs> half-colored eyes. Heterochromosome. You're kind of like a husky. <laughs> It's what? You're kind of like a husky. Two different a husky? colors. No, I'm not a husky at all. A husky dog? <laughs> <laughs> they have two different colored eyes. Oh, huskies do? I didn't know that. Yeah. We're going off the rails. You know, Paul Newman was colored by. Paul Newman is probably the coolest guy that was colored by. But he was supposed to, he wanted to be a fighter pilot in World War II, and I think he couldn't do it. He was kept out of action because he was colorblind. Yeah. You can't yeah. be pilots for some reason. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There's no stop signs up in in, in the sky, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, if it doesn't have a star on the side of it, the United States, you're gonna shoot it. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah, that is weird. Yeah, it, it, you know what I know really about Paul Newman? I read Paul Newman's biography. It was his autobiography. I read it. One of the first books I read when I came here to South Carolina. And you know what I realized? This is very insightful. I hope you get this. He's just like the rest of us. This guy's the handsomest guy in the world. He's a multi-million dollar movie star. He's an entrepreneur, beautiful wife, beautiful family. And he was just like us. He had all these insecurities and fears and terrors and worries. And it's you realize we, you feel like you're the only one. So to anybody who's listening, 
don't feel you're the only one. It's just subjective what they are, but we all go through the same crap. We all, we all have these worries and we have fears and we have these unknowingnesses in our lives that spook us, you know, yeah. so don't feel bad. It's, yeah. If Paul Newman is like us, I think everybody's that way. I, I think it's just degrees. Some have it worse than others, but we've all got our hangups and we all have our problems. In other words, life isn't easy for any of us. This is a tough universe. Life's a tough game for any of us. We all get kicked in the balls occasionally. Right. So now, since you brought that up, do you have any phobias? Yes, I'm terrified of heights. I have a hard time with heights. Like when we would go to Las Vegas, when I even looking out the window, I'd get scared. I was watching the Beatles documentary, you know, the, the Get Back, and they're doing the roof concert. And Ringo and Paul, you know, they're looking over. The, even that's scary. I go, geez, I would be scared. It was like they were the roof at Abbey Road, uh, at the Abbey Road Studios. I don't know. It was like or the Apple Studios, whatever it was. It was like six stories, whatever. And I would go, I would be scared to look over that. So I'm scared of that. That's one of my biggest fears, heightens. Yeah. Okay. And, of course, and yet in 1941, you were up in, in that, that. In the Ferris Wheel. We yeah, weren't. I mean, it was a big Ferris Wheel, but it wasn't to the extent where I was scared. It was oh, like okay. 1941. I, we were, it was a, Stephen got us the biggest Ferris Wheel possible. But it was like maybe it would have been like two stories. So I, I could handle that. But when you start getting way up like a plane, you know, I get, you know, planes are scary to me. I can look out the window now, but it, I always worry about, you know, Goldfinger, you know, getting sucked out of the window like Goldfinger. You know, <laughs> I go, oh, my God, would that be a horrible way to go? <laughs> right, well, right. Okay. So, uh, yeah, because I mean, see. most people that I know have a, you know, have some sort of a phobia. Or, yeah, everybody has yeah, one. Of course, we all have our phobias or... and our fear. You know, it's not a phobia, but, you know, one of my buttons, one of my things that gets me is, like I told you, motion sickness. I have bad motion sickness, mm -hmm. you know, right. so those are those are probably my two biggest things. So we, we had a ton of ton of comments coming in. Uh, one that just came in said, hey, guys, I'm beyond jealous you're talking to Eugene. Grease is yeah. my favorite movie. Thank you. So, Thank you, sir or ma'am. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's, uh, it came from Nerds of Unusual Origin, which I believe okay. is part, <laughs> part of the network. Oh, cool. Okay. But yeah, I mean, okay. I, can't, I can't keep up with the comments tonight. Right, so, right, right, and I'm not going to try. That's Leo's job. Leo's on vacation, folks. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So, well, Leo, I said hi when he comes back. Tell him I said hi. We will. Oh, definitely. What, what's your favorite food? Um, that's a great question. I, I probably have. Oh, you know what? The I miss so many. L.A. I lived in L.A. 41 years, Hollywood. The thing <laughs> I miss the most is Pink's hot dogs. The greatest hot dogs ever, Pink's hot dogs. If you're ever in LA, get Pink's hot dogs. I would, I'm a, I'm still pretty skinny. I probably weigh like 150 now. When I used to work in Greece, and I, was, I weighed like 122. So I put on a little weight. But Pink's hot dogs, I could go there and have four hot dogs. I'd have four hot dogs, mustard and onions. They had these great hot chili peppers on the side, and they were so wonderful. And I have two great sodas. So that I love uh, Pink's hot dogs. Pink? my favorite. Are they pink? No, they're regular hot dogs. It's just called Pink's. I don't know. You know, that's a good question. It, did a guy called Bill Pink or Sam Pink open? I don't know. But it's called Pink's. Obviously, you can Google it and find out why it's called Pink's. But the hot dogs were just regular hot dogs. They were just delicious. Dogs, they're great hot dogs. Yeah, Do you ever have a red hot dog? <laughs> are they red? I'm, I'm colorblind. Are they red hot oh, dogs? No. <laughs> oh, they're, all well, they're red called, hot dogs. They're yeah, called they're, red, yeah. They're, they're, they're called red, red hot. Yeah, they go, get yeah, your red hot. They're made from Maine. No, 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 no. They're just regular hot dogs. But the casing is red. Literally, it's red. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I, and also, I love the best chili I ever had. If you're ever in Burbank, if you're in the L.A. area, go to a place called Chili John's. Best chili I've ever had in my life. We go there. It was wonderful. And they had the best lemon cream pie for dessert. It'll kill it. Just go for the lemon cream pie. It's worth it. It's killer lemon cream pie. But those are the two places I miss the most in L.A. Now, here I'm in South Carolina. There are wonderful restaurants out here, too. But I miss – one of the things I miss in L.A., except – Especially, I miss my friends the most, but I miss the great restaurants they have out there. But those are 
two off the top of my head. Right. I love sweets. Okay. I love, I don't know if you guys remember these. I have them right here. Mallow cups. These are my favorite. Oh, yeah. oh, yes. These are my favorites. I I could eat like 10 in a row. I love them so much. I love Shameless Mallow cups. plugged for Mallow cups. I love cups. Reese's cups. I love. Right. Those are good. Yes. Which is my favorite. Those and here's, an, here's one last one I'll give. I am, these will rot your teeth, but I love sugar babies. I love oh, sugar right. babies. Oh. Oh, they are no nutritional value the whatsoever. Line. They're brown sugar, which is my favorite Rolling Stone song, and it's Mick Jagger's birthday. Sugar babies. I love sugar babies. Those are pull so, filling out real quick. Yeah, this, they, go yeah. back, this, goes, this goes back to the question where somebody asked how you had so much energy. Now we know, folks. Oh, sugar, yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm a sugar addict. I'm definitely a sugar addict. Sugar. <laughs> I made, I'm, I'm a chronic gambler. I'm a terrible gambler. And one of the dumbest bets I made, I bet my, I think it was my own, no, it was my friend Freddie, my best friend Freddie. We bet who could stay off sugar the longest. And he, for him, it was a lark. You know, I think I lasted four days. I give, here's your $100. Here you I'm like an addict, you know, without his dope, the man with the golden arm, you know. Like, <laughs> so I think I lasted four days. It was the dumbest bet I ever made. And I paid up $100 gladly, happily. Right, right. So we only wow. have a few minutes left with this amazing guest. I know there's been a ton of comments. They, they're just flying by. Um, so I'm trying to get the, the best of them out here, folks. Sure. Sorry. Um, but somebody did ask, what was your favorite album cover? Be, well, would be a Beatles. Let me, that's a great question. Let me think. Oh, yeah, of course. I love the white album because it's my favorite color. But that's such a stupid answer. Let me think. I like <laughs> Revolver. I'm trying to, I, I could see Revolver in my mind. Oh, I like, yes, the Revolver cover I love. Yeah, the Revolver cover, I'd say. The drawing by Klaus Warman is so cool. I love that. I love the Rubber Soul cover too. And of course, I, I love Abbey Road. I love, you know, the iconic, you know, the first one, Meet the Beatles. It was Meet the Beatles. I think it was Please Please Me in England, but it was Meet the Beatles who were the four, you know, the shadows, the Beatles have all these shadow faces. But to answer the question honestly, it would be Revolver. I love Revolver with the drawings. Excellent. Excellent. So we cool. have time for. I, and I know Eddie's having a blast, but I did promise that I wouldn't keep him longer than an hour because um, he has Please, to. Please, if you break your word on that one, I, I totally will accept. If you want to go another half hour, I'm fine. Whatever you, whatever's right, we'll, good for you. We'll go, I'll go another half hour. I am, I am so enjoying myself. You three are so cool. I'm having so much fun. Oh, appreciate it. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, what, what, what we'll do is we'll split that, folks. We're, we're going to go another 15 minutes. Okay. So if you have questions or comments that you would like Eddie to answer, please get them in the chat. And remember, if we're not seeing them, you have to go to one of the main pages. You have to go to Toking with the Dead main page or the Dorkening Podcast Network main page. If you're on one of the share feeds, we will not see your comments. So with that being said, okay. who's got a question well, for this man? I got a question. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. Fire you, you, away. Go, you do a lot of signings and stuff now and such yeah, like that. What are yeah. some of the oddest things people have brought to you to get signed? Like uh, my coolest, and I know cool guys like rock stars do this all the time. But my coolest one was a breast. It wasn't oh, at really? a show, but a girl was there, and her boyfriend was right there. He watched it, and she oh. goes, "You sign my boob," you know. And I go, "Are you kidding?" Yes, I would yes, pay her. Please. You know, I give her <laughs> boob bucks, but she took out her boob, and I and I realized you have to be very careful. You have to be gentle. Well, you know, I, I'm, I have like, you like and you have to be very careful when you dot those eyes. I like you can't die. You're gonna hurt them. <laughs> So I was signed Eddie, dot the I gently, and I realized how signed. And that was that was my funnest signing of an object. You I'm trying to think. That question was asked to me before, and I was that's that's what stands out the most. I'm trying to think. I signed. Um, I wish I had did better, it but that's the one that stands out. That wasn't at a show though. That was just on the street. They stopped me and well, asked me. I oh, will no say kidding. this: after being on our show, when you start doing signings again, because I understand that you have one coming up in South Carolina 
in, in the near yeah, future. Yeah, we have one coming. We're doing a Greece show in Duncan, South Carolina. We're doing, they're going to screen Greece. It's called, which I've never seen. And in our country, we it's a British term. And it's in our country now because of Austin Powers. They have something called the Shag. And it's called wow. the Shag Fest, which Austin Powers, it sounds like sexual activity. But it's a dance. They have a dance called the Shag. So they have a Shag dance annually. And they're going to screen Greece there. And I'm going to sign, be signing there. And hopefully I can do a Q&A with the audience. Hope it's as much fun as this one. Oh, that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. So yeah, that is August 12th if you're in the area. August 12th, the Shag Fest, which is my ex-wife's birthday, August 12th. So be there August 12th in Duncan, South Carolina. But after being on this show and in people re-watching this and listening to this, you know, like I said, we're on 22 platforms live and 19 podcast platforms. The weirdest thing that you're going to be signing in the near future is probably rubber puke. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> or maybe some loose woman will hear this and I'll get to sign a breast again. It's been uh, yeah. too, too long to say. <laughs> Bring Eddie boobs. Yes, please. Well endowed. The more well endowed, the better. And the cheaper the price will be. Yeah. It's a bigger signing surface. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. That's you're right. The bigger, the better. Oh, my God. Wow. Uh, so, Robert, do you, uh, do you have your own bobblehead? Have they made a bobblehead of you? Oh, wow. Yes, there was one. There was one. I had one years ago. It's I lost. I had a very bad thing. I don't know if you want to get in this, but I had heart trouble. I had open heart surgery in 2020. I was yeah. so the nurse said you should so be dead by all rights. I went through so much, such horrible times. And I was somehow I survived it. But anyway, they, there was a bobblehead. And it's with like I on my Facebook page, if you'll see today, I had a, my my cover photo, my photo. I go. God's gift to women. And they go, do you still have that shirt? I still have it. It was in Maryland in Maryland or LA, but the junk might be gone now. Whoever's there, my family might've thrown it out <clears throat> or my old roommates might've thrown some of my junk out. I don't know, but I still kept that God's gift to women that I had in LA. Somebody did make a bubble. I don't know. It was just an individual when the guy made for me, but I did have one. Hmm. Right. Right. No. Oh, okay. Yep. Did he freeze? Just on curious. Us? Wow. Oh, no, he's there. Oh, no, um, I thought you froze up. Yep. Robin wants to know what was your favorite what was your favorite movie you did? Uh, there would be two, I'd say, and they're bookends. My first film, Grease, of course, is special because that was my first. Everybody's first film is special. And the Polar Express has to be special just because of Tom Hanks and my favorite director, Bob Zemeck. So those were the two funnest, the most fun, which is like a party. People say, what was it like to film Grease or what was it like to film Polar Express? And I always give the same answer. Remember the greatest party of your life. Remember the greatest party you went where you just had a great time and everybody was cool and everybody had a great time and you didn't want to end. Imagine that party lasted for two months and that's the way Greece was and that's the way the Polar Express was. So those would be my two no. special favorites. Even though I have a lot of favorites in between, but those would be my, if you want my two special favorites, those would be my two favorites. I'm too old go. for a party two months long. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was like. Barry Pearl was in Greece. He goes, they gas him up Greece. He goes, it was like a party. Every day was like a party. It was like fun. You're hanging out with your friends and just laughing and having a great time. Cool. Right. So, Eddie, since Leo's not here, I'm going to ask his question, which he sure. asks every guest. Um, is there anything that you really geek out about, like that you collect or that you're just like amazed by, like, uh, I don't know, aliens or uh, ships and bottles or anything like that? I'm a, I am a nerd, you know, as I guess everybody knows, I'm a nerd, I'm a book freak. So a oh. new book would drive me crazy. Steve brought me and I ordered two new books and Steve brought my mail and he got a couple of new books today. So I got a new Beatles book today and I got a inside the comic mind. It has an interview with Groucho and he talks about Groucho. So that a book to me is a treasure. The book to me is like gold. I'd rather have books than money. They're more important than money. I'd I, 
I've been broke in LA, my early days in LA. And if I could just get a book, you know, I get a news book. So that's my greatest joy is reading. Uh, I love movies. I, movies, I'm a movie nut. I've seen, um, you know, all the Marx Brothers films. I'm a Three Stooges nut. I'm a Laurel and Hardy nut. I'm a Jerry Lewis nut. Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis nut. I'm a Woody Allen nut. I love Mel Brooks. Movies I love. And I like, you know, a lot of serious movies. I watched uh, my favorite year. I don't know if you guys have seen that. I watched it last night. One of the most beautiful movies ever made. I recommend it to any of you guys or anybody who sees it. You'll laugh. You'll cry. Peter O'Toole's in it. It's a great, beautiful movie. So I'm a movie freak. I'm a Beatles freak. I've been a Beatles nut since I was a kid. I saw them on the Ed Sullivan show when they were, they were on. You know, I remember when they came to America. I remember it like it was yesterday. So I know everything. There is no update. Feel free to throw any Beatles trivia to me. I'll know that. And I know old-time baseball. I'm an old-time baseball freak. Not new stuff, but up to like 1990. I can tell you Sandy Koufax, Babe Ruth, Ted Williams, Don Drysdale, Ty Cobb. I can tell you any of their stats. And I can tell you any pennant winner. Ask me any pennant winner from 1903, 1901. To about 1988, I'll tell you any pennant winner, any World Series winner, any who played in the World Series. Ask me any, but any, any of those, wow. or any Beatles trivia. That's impressive. Like I yeah. said, I can barely yeah. remember he, yesterday. He's a, he's a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> those are those, That's my that's my wheelhouse. You're talking my wheelhouse. That's it. But right. other stuff, I'm ignorant in. You know. Right. So we had another question come in, and it was because you mentioned books. Who's your favorite sure. author? Oh, Jenny. Uh, that's a great question. I like, um, okay, this is going to sound like a dumb answer. My, I don't know if you know, my, I have a friend named James Nybauer who writes showbiz books. He wrote the films of Jerry Lewis and all. You might not have heard him, but he's a great prolific writer. Look him up. His name is James Nybauer. He has a new book coming out, I think, on the films of Bruce Willis, but he did the films of Jerry Lewis. He's doing a films of Laurel and Hardy, and he's a dear friend of mine. He's a great writer. He's a wonderful guy. Excellent. Excellent. I think we might have to mail this gentleman one of our books, Jeff. What do you think? Yeah, oh, there you go. Great. Sure. What's it about? Um, <laughs> uh, Steve, I'll let you fill him in on that one later, or you can okay. call me. <laughs> okay. Um, basically, we uh, we took the two biggest things in the country four years ago, which was zombies and the decriminalization of cannabis, and we put them together. Okay. So, and it actually cool. spiraled. You know, we you okay. Know, we wrote the no Jeff and I wrote the novel, uh, which was just released two months ago but from that we pulled five comic books um started a live tv series now spinning into animation um and this great cool. show and this great Very show cool. spiraled from that well you know, muzzle talk you can do animation now you know the straight doesn't affect that I, I think you're okay with animation i think am i wrong no no you, you can do animation. yeah so you can muzzle talk good luck yeah yeah so it's uh it's been fun if you need a voice, you know, I, I love doing voiceover. So if you ever need one, Steve oh, really? can set up so I can record here. If you ever need my voice, I'll be happy to be on your show. There you your go. Animation. That'd be a big name for the cartoon. Oh, right. God, I'd love it. I love right. doing animation. Absolutely. Like every animation actor in the world, of course, the dream is, of course, it's like playing with Babe Ruth. I'd love to do a Simpsons. I've never done a Simpsons, but that would be on my bucket list. If I could, if anything, I'd love to do a Simpsons. See, That's the show. about that. Uh, yeah, they've never had me on. Yeah. And I know I've worked with Dan several times, Dan Castellaneta. I work with him the first time and they go, you know, Homer Simpson's coming in and you're expecting this big fat slob, you know, with a beer. <laughs> and he's this <laughs> grim guy, this sweet, mild mannered guy. He's like, hello. He's just a great guy. Totally, very highly intelligent. Not like Homer. He's the antithesis of Homer. He's a brilliant guy and he's a really nice guy. Nancy's a friend of mine, but I've never worked with her. But we're old friends. And um, I saw the one girl at a restaurant, Yardley Smith, who plays uh, Lisa. I started a restaurant across the table. I never approached her, but the, I started a restaurant in LA. It was an outdoor restaurant. Well, I wouldn't even know what they look like. 
right? No. The cartoon. Yeah. yeah, I'd have to hear them talk. I'd be like, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's who you are. Yeah, right? yeah. So uh, somebody asked, is, is, is Deezen your stage name or your real name? But I think we covered that at the beginning of the show. So you're going to have to yeah. go back and rewatch this show. Yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> we don't do reruns here. No, we <laughs> already forward. answered that. <laughs> and just if you miss me talking about my affair with Tanya Harding, then you missed it. Uh, yeah, it's gone. <laughs> Never <laughs> again will that story Harding. be told. Yes. <laughs> Hi, Tanya, if you're there. I love you. She's very lovely. <laughs> I'll tell you, want to hear my other makeout story? Sure. Yeah, what do you got? I did a film called Mob Boss with by a great director named Fred Olin Ray, who's I love him. He's a dear friend. I did three films with him. He's a, he's a B movie director. And he knows it, but it's called Mob Boss. It's one of my best B movies. But anyway, Morgan Fairchild is like my gun mall, and I'm like the the head of the mob, you know. And Morgan's my girlfriend. Anyway, there's a scene where the old gag, you know, the nerdy guy makes out with the hot girl, and he turns on his glasses are steamed up. So we're going to do that scene. I make out with Morgan and my glass. So I'm, you know, going to make out with Morgan Fairchild. You know? So anyway, we're there with rehearsal. And Morgan, Morgan goes, Eddie, do you want to rehearse a couple times? I'm like, you're kidding, right? You know, I'm like, oh, my God, this God answered my prayer. So we made out with her. And she, you know, let, she helped me to the right. She helped me to the left. I got to make out with her. And she was a great kisser, too. Beautiful That's kisser. Fantastic. Yeah, she's lovely. I, I um, want to be an actor just because of that. <laughs> I'll tell you another Morgan Fairchild story because this is how a guy thinks. This is the guy thing. We would all have lunch together, and Morgan, I think, because she, she's she's really a celebrity, and I would have lunch with the cast and crew. And Morgan would always have lunch alone in her trailer. So one day after a couple of weeks, she goes, "Eddie, do you want to have lunch with me?" So of course, I'm thinking, being a guy, I'm thinking she wants to have sex with me. You know, um, she's going to consummate her relationship. <laughs> I go, and all day I was thinking, like, this is summer of '42. I'm going to make love with this beautiful older woman, Morgan Fairchild. So she goes, oh, I knock on the door and she, there's lunch there. So we had lunch, you know, story of my life. Of course, she doesn't want to have sex with you, idiot. But Jesus I thought I was going to have sex with Morgan Fairchild. We had a beautiful lunch. She told me her whole life story and it was a beautiful lunch. One of the best lunches in my life. Well, Except for no that's sex. Great. Yeah, <laughs> no sex. That was a disappointment. It's her loss. Yeah. You hear that, Morgan Fairchild? <laughs> that's right. You hear that? Yeah, because we you don't already, know what you missed, Morgan. We already <laughs> determined that Eddie's got size 13 shoes. Yeah, right? 14, 14. <laughs> 14. Sorry. I cut an inch off Eddie. My bad. <laughs> I have these big Charlie Chaplin clown shoes. So whatever that tells you. <laughs> okay. We we got we got about two minutes left with this amazing guest, folks, and then we have to let him go because okay. Jar, Jar Jar does have to get prepped for another show tonight. Okay. And, um I don't want his manager calling me and being like, you drop. No, I'm just kidding. He no, Steve's that. a very nice guy. He'll understand. He's I'm the one that caused it. If Steve gets mad, I'll take the blame. <laughs> Steve is a totally nice guy. I'm serious. Steve won't get mad. He's a nice guy. No, Steve's a great guy, but he's in the yeah. other room right now going, Eddie, your dinner's been done for 20 minutes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then he's like, I got candy. I'm good. Don't worry. <laughs> so I, I have one final question. Sure. Um, who would you like to work with that you haven't had the chance to yet? Great question. I, uh, let me think of that. That's a great question. I would say it's still living. You're not going into the past. Yeah, I would prefer they'd be alive unless you're a grave robber or something. No, okay. Um, well, I said Henry Winkler. One of my bucket lists is to be Henry Winkler. I'd love to work with him. Um, who else do I love? None of the great dramatic actors. I couldn't hold a candle to them. Of the modern comedians, I, I'm I'm such a reactionary comedy wise. I guess I would say Henry Winkler. I'd love to work with Henry Winkler. 
I've, I've been a huge fan. I watched Happy Days from the word go. I've always loved them. And I've, and I've done, we both do, we're both on the signing show circuit. And for some reason, I've never run into them. You know, you cross paths with everybody. William yeah, Shatner right. I worked with, and really Adam West I knew, Burt Ward, all these great guys, but I've never met Henry Winkler. So he would be my bucket list to meet him. And to work with him would be doubly great. And I've heard only great things about him. He's supposedly the nicest guy in the world. Excellent, excellent. Jar, Jar, you, do you have a, less, a last question for our amazing um, guest? I think anything else I have to ask would get really deep and stuff. Uh, so join yeah. us next year yeah. for Take Two with Eddie Deason. <laughs> <laughs> um, but make sure you check out the show notes up above or down below, folks, because, you know, Eddie's done so much and he does have his new cameo out there. We really... You know, we want you to go over and, and just take a look. I mean, he'll do a personal message to some people. Yeah, I do them all the time. And people say, I get good ratings and I, I love Steve and I try to make them special for everybody, whether it's a birthday or an anniversary. Or some people just say, you know, this is just to cheer somebody up. And Steve and I'll try to cheer somebody up. Right. You know, whatever. They're they're nice to make and it makes people happy. So that's the fun of them. So I don't have any last questions because if okay. I have questions, I'll just call Steve. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> um, but we do have somebody in the chat that has, I, I didn't see these uh, before, Sergio. I apologize. Um, he asked if you could do a line as Eugene from Greece to close out the show. Just. I only have like three or four lines. So I'm trying to think what I say. Um, what's a, oh, yeah, I remember. I, I throw the, my big scene is where I get hit in the face with a pie. That's my first scene. That's my big scene that everybody remembers by me buying grease. So he goes, uh, Sid Caesar's there. And he goes, uh, you're a great pitcher. What's your name? It's Eugene. He goes, uh, he goes, you're a great pitcher. And I go, oh, thank you. Wow. Barry Pearl slaps me with a pie. Now, trivia about that. One of the questions I got asked all over the years, I've been asked a million times, what kind of pie was that? What kind of pie did you get hit with? And the answer was, it was not a pie. I thought it was whipped cream because a pie doesn't stay on your face. The pie just goes all gooey. They wanted it to stay on my face and have the thing. So I thought it's it was whipped shaving. cream. I, I always thought they used whipped cream. Yeah, it was shaving cream, right. Barry shaving said, cream. Barry Pearl, I didn't know if you Barry said, no, it was shaving cream. So it was shaving cream. It doesn't stick on your face. So yeah. my question to that question is, did you lick the pie off your face? No, I absolutely <laughs> didn't. I, I remember this day. I can remember being there. They took it in the nice girl, cleaned my glass. You know, she took my glass and cleaned my glasses off, I remember. And we did like three or four takes of that. It was fun. Sid Caesar yeah, was a great I had, guy. I read that before that they use shaving cream just because yeah, it gives it you that I don't know. Did yeah. the three students use that? When the three students had pie bites, was that shaving cream? It was shaving cream, yeah. It was shaving cream. Okay, it so that's an old cream. Hollywood trick. Right, yep. right. Okay. It sticks. So, yep. It sticks, on, yeah. On that last little tidbit there from our great guest, I'm going to wrap the show up so that we can let him go. I just ask you to hang tight until I tell you the show is over, Eddie, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's go. Jar Jar. Hey. Where do you uh, like people fondling you on social? I mean, interacting with you on social media. You can fondle <laughs> me on, just Google me. No, uh, no. Check me out on Facebook, Jeremy Courtney. Uh, and check out uh, Splash Pages every Tuesday night here on Facebook or on YouTube. And every Wednesday night, check out Midweek Geeks. That's it? That's it. That's no buy, oh, 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 I'm going to, to, to Terrificon this weekend. So everybody, come check out Terrificon with me and come meet me if you want to. I, I wouldn't, but you I can if you want to. No. Are you signing, Jar Jar? No, no, I, I'm, I'm actually doing interviews. Okay, cool. Have a fun time. Have a good time. Thank you. Thank you. 
Jeffrey. Yes, as always, stilltalking.com. Oh, wait, I screwed up. Or, Hold on. Yeah, you did. I screwed up. Yeah, you no. did. But that's so, all right. Just, just hold your thoughts. Hold your thoughts. Don't be grumpy. <laughs> hold your thoughts. I got them. Let's go to the guest. <laughs> Eddie, where do you like interacting with your fans? Please go to my Facebook page. I you, I love Facebook. I'm a Facebook nut. The one thing I hate about Facebook is there's a 5,000 friend minimum, maximum, and I hate that rule because there's so many wonderful people. I'd love to have all three of you as my Facebook friends, but unfortunately, I'm at the limit of 5,000. And I've been doing it recently. I've been dropping people for no reason, and it upsets people. So I try not to do that unless it's really necessary. I will drop people only for two reasons. One is if they have 5,000 friends themselves. I figure if I drop them, they'll never notice. But some of them have. And then, or I'll drop somebody like, I had a lady today and I looked at her page to wish her a happy birthday. And her last post was January 23rd. So I figure this lady I can drop, she'll never notice. But please look at my Facebook page. You can still follow me, even if she can't be my friend. And I, I put out every day, it's my joy every day. And um, yeah, please get a cameo video if you can. Please see me on cameo video, buy a cameo video, and uh, I'll be glad to do them for you. It's my pleasure. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, Jeffrey, now it's your turn. <laughs> oh, I thought I was done. No, <laughs> you can be, if you'd like to be. Yeah, no, go to uh, stilltalking.com. You'll find all our social media links. Uh, yeah. I'm a Facebook guy. Uh, I'm just learning about TikTok now. I know that, you know, we have a TikTok page talking, talking with the dead. Uh, yeah. you can go check that out. Um, you know, it's, uh, social media is just weird to me. Uh, but typically on Facebook, um, you know, don't look me up personally because, you know, uh, there's a lot of me's out there. Yeah. I guess I'm very I see common. your point. Jeff, I see your point. It can get weird, but you have to, like anything in life, you have to weigh the good against the bad. I find Facebook is 96% good. You know, 4% you're going to get these jerks, these assholes, you know, but it's almost good people. It's almost all good people. My friends are always good. But occasionally, yeah, I'll have to block somebody. They'll make some kind of a crack yeah, or something. The, the, weird, you know, ones, be the weird ones. Yeah, the yeah. really weird ones are when you get these random messages from people that you don't even know. Hey, do you remember me? Uh, well, that's at know. least at least that's a PM. But when when I have like a thread and it's nice people and they'll say something mean, though they say something mean to one of my friends or they'll say something rude to me, I'll block them like that. I just got to the point you don't even quibble about it. Just block no. them. That's the cool no. thing about Facebook. In real life, if you meet a jerk or an asshole, you're stuck with them. You have to meet. But in Facebook, you push the block button. It's the easiest thing in the world. So if you meet a jerk, yep. just push yep. block. No, I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you. You know, so yeah, so it's now talking with the dead on Facebook. Um, still talking with is also on Facebook. Uh, but all the links on stilltoken.com uh, where you can, there's links for our book. You got to get our new book, the reviews and the, the feedback we're getting is phenomenal. Uh, I'll look forward to getting my copy. It. I'll look forward to my you know, copy. Yeah, Thank we'll, you. We'll, we'll, we'll get a we'll get a copy out to you. Maybe we'll sign it. Maybe we won't. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll 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 hook you up. Coming. Okay, coming thank from, you. Coming from Grumpy, you know. Yep. Thank you, Grumpy. <laughs> so I want to thank Eddie for coming and hanging out with us tonight. Um, check out the show notes up above or down below. You know, um, if you want to see us, we're going to be in Columbus, Georgia, next weekend. Not this weekend. Next weekend. I believe it's the 6th, 7th, and 8th, or 5th, 6th, and 7th, or something like that. Yeah, it's whatever, um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Yep. Just head over to stilltoking.com, head over to Toking with the Dead. Toking with the Dead has our tour pinned to the top. Uh, we're going to be in Columbus, Georgia, then we're going to be in Maryland, and then we're going to be in Virginia, and then we're going to be in Boxborough, Mass., and we got private signings. Um, but... Again, thank you to Eddie for coming and hanging out with us tonight. To all our veterans and first responders, we want to thank you for doing what you do so people like us can do what we do. 
Stay safe. Amen. Amen. We'll see you next week. Peace. Bye, everybody. Peace.